In fact, it's, <laughs> it's almost antithetical or uh, ironic, okay, that I'm drawing attention to myself, okay, on a teaching that's supposed to be about being secret before God. So right off the bat, okay, I've hit a low bar. So everybody can, I think, move forward from here. But um, where we're at right now is we are doing a series on spiritual disciplines, okay? And um, today's teaching, as you've probably already guessed, is on the discipline of international spycraft. No. <laughs> no, actually, it's on secrecy, uh, on, on the, the discipline of secrecy. And last week, uh, John talked about um, this, this discipline of celebration, that God wants us to celebrate the things in our lives that are good, and that he actually mandated celebration you know, for his people with various festivals, and that this needs to be part of our life. Um, and the week before, Steve, uh, Steve Hamrick had an awesome teaching on confession. In fact, you know, Penny, if you're, if you're here, your, your testimony was so powerful that when you, when you confessed, okay, when you just confessed for the first time what was going on, that, that addiction just broke right then and there and hasn't bothered you since by just practicing, practicing the spiritual discipline of confession. So... So it's just, it's real powerful. And um, spiritual disciplines are, are this, okay? And this is just a, you don't have to do them. They're not mandatory. They're not a practice that you have to put on your list to do. But what they are is they're tools or they're ways that you can connect with God, okay? And that's, that's the end game. That's what we have to remember with this because um, sometimes, I mean, even... Um, you can get religious and, and just be working so hard and striving, knowing that, you know, I've got Jesus, but you know what? I need a little more. I need to fast more. I need to do this more. I need to do this more. And this, this sense of, uh, this lack of peace can get in you because you're trying to work your way to God. Well, the disciplines are not necessary, but if you want to connect, that's the prize, and that's what these talks are about. Uh, are about the connection with God. That's the win. When you make contact, that's where everything ha- happens. What did Jesus say? He says that flesh gives birth to flesh, so our striving, our effort, gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives life. The point of contact is what gives life. Amen? All right. Um, when, when John challenged me on this, uh, this teaching of, of secrecy, it was good because, you know, I, I'm not the most you know, secret person, you know, sometimes if, if God's doing something, I have a hard time, you know, uh, you know, not, not talking about it, not telling about it. But, um, when he did that song, secret agent man just came to my mind because in a lot of respects, okay, the secret agent person, okay, has two different lives. He has his public life where he's working, right? And he's got his cover, whatever that might be, but he's also got this secret life, you know, for those of you who are older, um, there was an agent 86 that worked for an organization called Control. And what he would do is he would go into a phone booth, okay? The phone booth would drop out. He would find himself in a hallway where all these doors were opening, and he would end up in the Control Spy Center where he would get his mission, he would get intel, and he would go out and he would fight the evil enemy, okay? Which was? Chaos. chaos of course. Chaos. We hate Chaos. Well, isn't the Christian life, when you think about it a little bit, kind of like that? Is that we live our lives, we work 40 hours a week, we're out in the marketplace, we're doing different things, but at the same time, 
we have this little secret place where we go and we can get into the presence of God and God can speak with us. He can give us intel. He can tell us, here's some things that you need to be aware of. Um, here's what's going on in your life. The, the word of God speaks to us. And then we get out onto our mission, which could be anywhere at any time, and we just say, hey, God's right here. And we act. We become the agent of God. Agents of God, what do they do? They bring the kingdom of God. They bring peace. They bring joy. They bring righteousness. They, they set things in order. So to some extent, you know, we are secret agents, okay, of the kingdom of God. Now, one of the things um, that the secret agents are good at, okay, is they understand who their boss is. Uh, they know that what they're supposed to do. They know what their mission is. And they know who they work for. And it's really clear. But I think with us Christians sometimes, we kind of forget. We don't have that same clarity. So I'm going to ask you a question. This is a very deep existential question, which a lot of times my teachings bring up. So, so I want you to think about this, okay? Because how you perceive yourself is going to determine how effective you are as one of God's secret agents, okay? So here's the question. Do you perceive yourself, okay, as a physical being, okay, who, you know, occasionally encounters God, encounters spiritual things, okay? Or do you perceive yourself as an eternal spiritual being, okay, who is locked in for just a short time into this little physical confine? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Come on now. I think I'm going to recruit you here. We're going to send you to Quantico real soon. So, again, think about that. It's, it's, you know, it's a little subtle difference, but, you know, are you occasionally making contact with God, but you're really living physically, or are you living with an eternal perspective where, hey, I know that there's more than this. So what, what does the Scripture say about this? Well, get this. 582 times in Scripture, heaven is mentioned. The afterlife is mentioned. Um, Old Testament, New Testament, everywhere. Uh, John says this, is this, is what we're pro this is what he promised us, eternal life. And again, Daniel says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So, Scripture is really pretty clear, okay, on this whole thing. So God's true secret agents have this sense that we're here for a short time, we've got a boss in heaven, and we have the opportunity to go on some missions, to go on some assignments for God, and to you know, operate in the secret realm. Now, um, one of the things that was going on uh, in Jesus' day was uh, the Pharisees. The Pharisees were, they were the operatives. They were, they were the people who were um, demonstrating God to the people. And what was happening was this idea of being secret was something that they didn't get. Now, Jesus understands how we're wired, okay? Jesus understands that, that we have a need for approval, right? I mean, who doesn't like to hear their boss say, hey, you did a great job on that project. Good job. Way to go. I mean, we all like to hear that, okay? But in Jesus' day, what happened was the Pharisees, okay, they were taking that in and they were practicing Judaism, they were practicing their acts of service, their acts of worship, not to God, okay, but to receive the accolades of men, okay? And this is, this is why this whole issue of secrecy, uh, you know, really came about, because Jesus was bringing, you know, correction, you know, into that situation. And uh, 
I'm going to share, I'm going to share really our, our, our key text. Um, this is what he said, and it's, it, I think it's up here on the screen. It says, um, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, and your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will himself reward you openly. Now, you know, it kind of makes us think a little bit about our motivations. Are we doing things so that we can be seen from men, maybe be perceived as spiritual, or are we doing, from God, doing things because we have an audience of one and we're doing from, from God? Now, I know this church, you could not play secret agent man in a church that was too concerned about what people think, okay? You know, this is not where you go to be seen. So I don't think this is a huge problem, you know, let's say in our fellowship, you know, specifically. But nevertheless, okay, we have this, this desire to receive the approval of man. And sometimes when it's at the expense of God, you know, it can be a problem. So there's, there's three things in the this, in this scripture that I'm going to share about. I'm going to share about essentially... Um, the discipline of secrecy 101, what Jesus is basically saying. Number two, okay, the, um, the threat that what the Pharisees were doing about poisoning, relig- or poisoning you know, acts of worship, okay? That's the second thing. And the third thing is, is God's exhortation for us to enter in to the secret things, that this is something that is you know, very important and, and it's on its heart. So, Really, the, the the simple description is that, you know, when you worship, when you serve, you're you're not like the Pharisees. That you have a right spirit about you. You're not doing it to be seen, but rather you're doing it to serve God, you know, and to love God. And you know, I think mo- most everybody, you know, we do that for the most part. But at the same time, you know, we we enjoy when uh, you know a pastor, or a leader, or somebody comes up and say, "Hey, good job." I remember I used to do work. Um, I used to do some secret work for a missionary, which is now no longer secret, so I've blown my reward. Um, <laughs> but I used to write his newsletters, you know, and, um, and I did, I think, for the right reason. But as I would write these newsletters, um, he, for whatever reason, he just liked my writing. He goes, oh, Mr. Nolan, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. And after a while, you know, I was getting, like, the, the strokes. You know, it's like, brrrr, and, and my spirit really enjoyed it. You know, so I'm like, man, you know, what, well, am I doing this because I like the strokes or am I doing this because, <laughs> because it's a good just act of service? I don't know. I think all of us, you know, have a little bit of both. But here's the test, okay? And that is when you're serving, okay, when you're serving, does it matter that anybody knows? I mean, are you offended, okay, if you don't get a, Hey, good job, attaboy. Or if after a period of time, let's say you're serving, you know, in a particular ministry, but you seem to be invisible. Because, you know, that happens. And it's, it's, sometimes it's a, a deficiency of us leaders, you know, not encouraging and exhorting, okay? But sometimes it's God just saying, I'm going to hold this back as a little test, you know, for you. It's like, if, if, if you feel that way, if you feel that animosity rising up because you're not getting recognized, then you might have you know, some of the issues that the Pharisees have, that your, your motivations might not be pure. Now, like if you were, like Jeff Foxworthy wisdom on this would be something like this, is that 
if you work the coffee bar and you expect a personal thank you note from everybody you served a cup of coffee to, you just might have a pharisaical problem. <laughs> now, again, I, I don't think a lot of folks, you know, you know, have that here, but... But it's something that, that I think that the Lord um, wants us to make, he's just making aware of, and he says, this is why I want you to go and do your works in secret and in private, just to, just to cut that thing off. But here's something that's really, this is the second, the second issue in here, and this is the real sort of theological problem, the, the deep issue about secrecy, okay? And that is, get this, the Pharisees are taking an act, okay, called a heartfelt act where, where you are, you're motivated by compassion to serve somebody, to, to love somebody. It's, it's worship. It's your service unto God, okay? And they're taking that and they're saying, look at me. Look at me. Isn't that bad? Isn't that, I mean, that is bad. They're taking worship, which is meant to be holy. I mean, this is a sacred thing. And get this. These guys are the teachers of Israel. They are the ones that are modeling this. And they're saying, this is what it's supposed to look like. You know, blowing trumpets as you give gifts. Um, you know, going in and, and making sure that everybody sees what you're doing. Sitting at the high places in the banquets, Okay. This is what the Pharisees were doing. And this is why Jesus had to bring correction. And it was rather harsh correction. He says, you guys are hypocrites. You can't do it. And he says, you need to, if you want to worship me and serve me, you need to go to the other end of the spectrum where you're doing it in private and in secret, where it's about an audience of one. It's about you and God. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. And this is what God is trying to develop as we mature as believers, is that we don't care. We don't care who knows, right? We just, hey, guess what? We're, we're being faithful. Or another thing that's even better is that, I don't know, why do I do these things? Because they just sort of flow out of me. And I know in this fellowship, there's a lot of people who, who just get that. Now, again, as one of the key secret agents of God in this region, I have a lot of intel, okay? And I know that there are people here who do Amazing things that are secret. I know one person, he bought a complete bed set for a woman, a young woman out of Rebecca's house, okay? Um, didn't want anybody to know about it. Just did it. Cost him a lot of money, and the woman was absolutely thrilled, okay? I know people who've bought bikes and gifts for kids who are um, basically the children of women who are in homeless shelters, who are separated from their families. People who've paid rent for years, you know, for widows, these are secret acts. And the cool thing about it is that God says, he says that I will reward you openly. He says, I will reward you openly for what you do in private. So what that is, okay, that's, that's God's exhortation for us to move into this place of doing things secret, that, that our services and our acts, it's not, okay, let me just say this. It's not that we have to um, not tell about the good things God's doing. Because there's a, a fine line between, you know, covering the glory of God when he does a healing or somebody gets saved or uh, just a, an amazing thing happens. But, again, like a secret agent, we have the things that are public. Then we have this little thing, okay? It's called our secret, sacred, private life with God, okay? And we want to build that up. We want to build that up. God wants us to build it up. God is exhorting us to go into that place. Jesus says, go, do that. That's how I want you to serve. And, you know, these sacred things, um, 
yeah, how, how do you know they're sacred? Well, David, who's the man after God's own heart, this is a, an interesting story. One of the things that, one of the reasons he was a man after God's own heart is he had a sense of, of things that really were for God as opposed to for men. And there's a story of, of uh, when David and his mighty men were out, and they were out with... Um, being chased by Saul, and they came upon Saul's camp, and it was in an area where David used to live, and there was this well there. And David was um, just talking to his men, and he said, man, that, that water in there is so cold. I would love a drink of that water. Well, that was it, and the guys got talking. He said, tonight, let's get him some water. So they infiltrated the enemy lines. They went in. They got David some water, and they brought it back to him, Okay. And this is, this is the, the, the interesting thing that happened, is that David, when he saw the water and he saw what his men did, he said, we just wanted to get you that water. He just, just was, was touched because he realized that what they had done was a, such a sacred act of love that they risked their lives to honor you know, their leader. And, and he said, I, I can't drink this. This is holy. This is sacred. And, and what he did was he poured that out as a, a drink offering you know, unto the Lord. And, and that's just it, is that, that if we recognize that even if nobody sees what you do, there are these things that are like David. I mean, it's, it's a picture of God, that they're so sacred to God. They're so lovely to God. You don't want to tell anybody. That's, that's between you and him. You know, and there, there's another scripture. This is what, what, what Jesus said. Again, just to encourage us, you know, into, into this area. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So you see, when you develop this secret life, these various things going on, you're rewarded openly many times in this life, but you're also, you're storing up all this secret, secret stuff. Okay. Here's a troubling scripture. Don't you love when a preacher's about to say, here's a troubling scripture, but it really is a troubling scripture. Um, <laughs> and you guys know this one, and I, I thought about this, and I'm sure you have. Uh, but the good news is, is that in the light of, you know, what we're talking about here, it's, it's really good news. It says, not everyone, this is Matthew seven twenty one. not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know, when, a lot of times when I read that, and maybe, has anybody been a little troubled by that scripture? Okay, raise your hand. Okay, good, I'm not the only one. Okay, is, is you think, okay, here are these guys doing these amazing feats, these amazing things. They're prophesying, they're casting out demons, their signs and wonders are following them, God's validating them. Yet Jesus says, I never knew you. Okay, depart from me. It's like, whoa, if they can't get in, you know, what about me? What about us, right? Okay, well, here's, here's the, the, the little key, okay, in that whole scripture. He says, I never knew you. The word know, the word knew, Okay, has to do with intimacy, the intimacy between a husband and wife. It's those sacred, secret things that are only between a husband and a wife, that are only between us and God. 
And that as we cultivate those things, guess what? He knows us. So anybody who's worried about that scripture, about depart from me, I don't know you, this right here is the remedy, okay? This idea of the practice of secrecy, okay? Because what that does is it builds up the knowing, the intimacy, the things that nobody knows other than the husband and the wife, other than God and his precious son and daughter that are just between the two of you. And that is sacred, and that is holy, and that is awesome, and it's heartfelt. It is heartfelt. That is why God is so serious about wanting to push us there. And that's the gold in this whole message. I'm, I'm winding it up here. Is that the gold in this message is this. Is that it's less about don't worship and be a hypocrite. Because, I mean, you're here, okay? You're doing this not for show. Okay, that's, that is not a big issue. That's the 101 issue. The issue is God is saying with this is that I am beckoning you I am exhorting you to come into this place, okay? It's called the secret place. It's where we develop our relationship. It's where, it's where you can feel secure in your salvation, where you know that you know that you know that Jesus knows you and you know him. And, and he's working at that. And that's what, that's what this whole, you know, the whole message here, this whole idea of secrecy, you know, even being a secret agent, because secret agents who do exploits, guess what? Before they do exploits, they need to know what to do. And how do they know what to do? It's because they're hearing from God. They're spending time in quiet. They're getting filled with him because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Out of the overflow of the heart, your hands reach out. When you've got so much God, so much voice, so much love in you because you're spending time in the secret place, you can't help but go out there and give somebody a hug and do something like you saw in those pictures, okay, where it's like, it's just a natural reaction and response because I've got God in my heart. And it, it, it doesn't have to be where, you know, like me, okay, um, I'll tell you a story because I'm terrible at this. Before I preach, a lot of times if I'm preaching on healing, a couple weeks before, I am going to do my darndest to find somebody who's sick or hurt and get them healed. So I've got, you know, some fresh material, you know, to share and just to let you know that, hey, God is still active. It's just what I do. So here I am in this area, this, this thing that I should not even be talking on. I mean, let's face it, I'm talking about, you know, don't exalt yourself before men. And I come out in a secret agent uniform, okay? So I've got problems in this area. There's no question I do. But, um, John gave me a secret assignment, which is no longer secret by now. I'll tell you that. I'll blow the, <laughs> blow the story here. And I went and did it, and it was great. It was great. And I'm thinking, oh, this is good. I'm, I'm just going to keep this one under, and I'm going to just feel it, and I'm going to have some wisdom and insight. And then Maggie calls me um, right after I was done, and she goes, how are you doing? I go, oh, you aren't going to believe what happened. And then I just shared it, and I go, oh, crap. Darn it. <laughs> so, hey, what, grace, right? Okay, <laughs> these, these, are, these, are, these are disciplines. We don't, <laughs> we don't get to heaven by being good at this. We're in process, okay? You know, the, the, the little thermometer went in the turkey, and he's not done, and I'm okay with that. So, hallelujah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, sometimes you ask the question, why? Okay. So why is God so, I don't know, why is Jesus making such a big deal about us you know, being secret and going to the secret place and having this relationship that is just between you and I. And, and I got to thinking about it is that, that, that that's one of the places that, that we, you know, it's, it's a trail, it's a map, it's a, 
Um, it's, a, it's a doorway that, that really as believers living life, okay, we need to, we need to know that place because there, there are times in our life, right? And I know people who've gone, who've the last, you know, since 2008 have just gone through it where you're rejected you, by your family, you're misunderstood, um, you're in a workplace where you get ostracized, maybe you get fired, there's shame on you. You're, you're in places that are, that are very dark and a lot of times nobody understands, okay? And you're in this place. But if you know the way to the secret place, okay, if you've taken heed to what God's saying is develop this secret relationship with me, you can go to the place where the man who knows rejection, okay, the man who is despised, okay, is there. And he's there in the secret place to comfort us, for us to lean on. And he says that there in that place where nobody understands you, the place of being misunderstood, just like he was misunderstood, we have a high priest, okay, who is there to comfort us. And he says that in the presence of your enemies, in the midst of all of this stuff that's going on, it's you and me at a table, son. I prepare a table for you, a table of fellowship, a, a table where you can talk to me and I can talk to you, and you will be strengthened in the secret place. Amen? And again, there's, there's times where grief, loss happens, and, and we, are, we are sad beyond sad. You know, and, and where do we go? I mean, what do you do? Again, when you cultivate the secret place, the pathway is easy, and you know who's waiting for you there. It's the man of sorrows. It says, he was acquainted with much grief that he knew many sorrows. In fact, he says that he carried our sorrows and he bore our grief. So when we go into that place, when we are mourning in our spirit because of a loss that other people can't understand, he understands and he is there in that place and we need to know how to get there, amen? That's why Jesus is so adamant. It's, 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 it's so multi-level to, to have the, the, the secret place. And again, finally, the, uh, sometimes so, some of you, I know people in this room, you faced cancer, you faced disease, you know, you faced death, okay? And I don't know, I've, I've not been, you know, in that place. And it's a lonely place because the, the realities of reality, you know, hit you there. But where do you go? What do you do? If you know the secret place, you hear a voice. You hear a voice from the secret place and it cries out. And it says that, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, okay, I am with you and you will fear no evil. That my rod and that my staff, seeing it, will comfort you because I will be with you in that place. And he says this too, that we might have hope. He says that, that I bore your transgressions. You know, I took on your iniquities, and by my stripes, you are healed. So no matter what you're going through, and, and this is the truth, it's never over. It's never over because we have a healer. We have, even what the Old Testament has described, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. Okay, he is there. And a lot of times, he's just in the secret place, and he's waiting for us to say, I, I need you. I need you to, to come to me in this place, and I'll meet you there. And that is where we find healing. You know, David, um, again, David was the man after God's own heart. And he, uh, 
I know, God revealed this place. It's called the secret place. And he wrote several psalms about it. He talked about, about wisdom being given to us in the secret place. He talked about us, God knowing us in the secret place that we were formed in our mother's womb and, and things were set, okay, about our lives, you know, in the secret place. But he also said this. He, he said that, that the secret place, you know, is, is a refuge. You know, it's a place where... Um, Again, where we can go. And I'm going to read just a little bit of of Psalm 91 here. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So any of you right now, if if you're in a place where you feel uncovered, you feel exposed, you feel like you're going through it, you feel that nobody understands, that you feel that, um, you know, where do I go? Listen to this. Let this this just minister to your spirit because this is David who was there many times. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. His promises to you, what he says, will be a shield, will be something that will protect you from the lies and the accusations and the devastation and the despair and the things that are coming at you when you're in that place where you're under attack and there's, you don't know what to do. And he says, that's a promise. I will be a shield. I will be a shield for you in that place. He says, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. And the Lord says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him, and I will show him my salvation. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that awesome? I mean, that, those are the rewards of the secret place. And sometimes, you know, we don't, we don't choose to go there, but God, I mean, things will happen in your life where you have to go there. And if you're in a position where God's got a call in your life, I guarantee you, he'll arrange like he did for Moses, okay? 40 years away, hidden. The definition of, of secrecy is being hidden or concealed. God took 40 years. He was painstaking with Moses to prepare him, to, get, to just put humility in him like nobody else had so that he could deal with the signs and wonders that he was about to do. And God made him ready in the place of hiddenness, in the place of being concealed. See, that's God's place. That's God's place. That's why secrecy, the discipline of secrecy, just this little reorientation from, wow, look at all these cool things I'm doing for God, to I really don't care. God, this is, this is for you. This is an act of worship. That's why it's so important, because it builds in you and it cultivates you like Joseph, right? Joseph had a dream that you are going to have your brothers bow down, you will, you will lead, you will do amazing things, okay? But he was not ready. God had to take him away, and for 13 years, he was being prepared so that at that one moment, he was ready to be the savior of Egypt and the deliverer for his family. So God is going to take you into secret places, and when he does, it's a time of encounter, folks. It's a time where he builds you up. He gets you ready so that so that you can house and contain the blessing and the things and the destiny that he wants to put in you. So that's why we go to the secret place. Amen? Okay. We're, we're pretty much done. So the takeaway here is <laughs> real simple. Value 
Go to the secret place. God's there. That's the gold. That's what we're after. That will build you up. That will make you somebody who is a true secret agent of God because you will have so many assignments. You will be filled with such a sense of urgency to, to, to move that you're not going to have to worry about doing things before men because it's going to flow out of you because of the richness of your relationship. Amen? All right. That's it, pretty much. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just speak a blessing over you. Um, if anybody, we, want, we don't want to deny the grace of God for anybody here. So if anybody's got any sickness, if you're going through issues, if things are happening in your life that you need prayer, we'll have some secret covert agents come up and pray for you here. 